Welcome to GrishaCast, episode 30. In this episode, we are covering chapters 22 through 26 from the book Six of Crows. This is your host, Eric. And I'm Terry. From Nashville, Tennessee, this is your podcast for all things Grishaverse. A world created by the wonderful Lee Bardugo. Well, moi savayani caster. Hello. Hi. Hi. So, let's go ahead and thank our... Listener City shoutouts. We have Manchester, UK. What, what? And then thank you to Athens, Greece. Ooh. And Utica, New York. Whoa, whoa. That's exciting. It is exciting. And we talk about that every I, I single I know. Time. Every week I get so excited. <laughs> it's just neat to see that we have listeners all over the globe. It really is. That's awesome. So thank you guys so much for listening. And we hope you guys get excited when you hear your city. So. Yay. So it is. It has been a crazy week for me, and I'm excited that it is coming to an end. <laughs> and we have a three-day weekend. We do. I so need it. Yeah. And sorry, guys, that we're, we're still coming. This episode is still be out on Friday, just not Friday morning. Yes. <laughs> so we're still on schedule. Um, it seems hard when we've got just three people doing the show, but yet we still just have issues. But hey. We're, it we're, happens. It does. These are unprecedented times. Are you tired of hearing that yet? Because I really am. <laughs> yeah, I know. It, it <laughs> that is. is one phrase I never want to hear ever again. <laughs> yeah, we're going to be hearing it for a long time. Yes. <laughs> because I don't think any of this is going away anytime soon. No. Mm-mm. Not the way it looks. No. It's just going to be interesting. But hey, we'll make it. Just keep on moving forward. Yep. Wear your mask. Social distance. Do what you got to do. I mean, just don't be stupid. Do the things. Yeah, do the things. Be careful. Do what you got to do. Yeah. So did you have a good week? Um, It's better. It was better than it has been. Well, good. I got a new car. That's very exciting. And it's beautiful. Thank you. Um, We are planning on our first road trip Ooh, of the year. That's exciting. Yes, we typically go on a lot of them. And we haven't because... Of everything going on. What's going on? I have no idea. <laughs> These unprecedented times. <laughs> so um, we decided to go to the mountains because we figured that was socially distant. Yes, yes. I would think so. Yes. We are going to actually go gym mining. Ooh. There's um, a little place that you get a digging permit Cute. and you dig your own stuff and you go to the creek and you wash all your stuff and see what you got. That's adorable. Uh, so we thought that that would be something to do away from people. Yeah. And to be somewhere else. It's fun. That seems awesome. Yeah. I didn't know you could even do that. Yeah. That's awesome. I'm I, very excited. I feel like one of the dwarfs from Snow White. It kind of is. That's so <laughs> We're going to cool. pack a little picnic and oh. yeah, it's going to be cute and it's going to be fun. And it's a nice little, you know, about four hour drive that we get to just... Yeah. See different things and not be holed up in the house, house for days. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, this is the longest we've gone without going anywhere and it's driving us crazy. Yeah, you guys usually do go on a lot of trips. We do. So, well, I'm happy for you. I'm glad you get to go and I'm excited. A little adventure. Yeah. So I had a crazy rough week in the beginning. My just to cut to the chase, my mother accident like she got prescribed this medication that did not work well with her system, but we didn't know that until like 
many days afterwards. So I had no clue what was going on with my mother. She got like really angry. She was being so mean to like my father. And it was just this crazy, crazy, like there was a point where I broke down crying and had to take a day off from work. I was just, I didn't know what was going on. And then luckily we figured out, figured it out. It was a steroid that she was taking and steroids can do that to yes, people. Yes, they can. And um, yeah, when we figured that out, we're like, okay, talk to the doctor. And I've had a similar thing happen, actually. I had to take a steroid mm-hmm. and it did the same thing. I felt like I wanted to jump out of my skin. I was so angry at everything and anything. Yeah. And it's just, I don't know, some things would annoy that, like, Oh, it just... It, and it's it kind of scary when that happens, too, because you just don't feel yourself. Right. But you're not in your rational mind to know exactly what's happening. Yeah. So that had to be scary for everybody. Oh, absolutely. My dad had no clue what was going on, and I was at work Monday, like, running back and forth to, like, the break room because he kept calling. He's like, I don't know what's going on. I'm <laughs> like, I don't either, and I felt bad because my father is having all these memory issues, and, like, I'm at work, and, like, I'm not even close I mean, I'm still live like 45 minutes away from them. And my mom just was not herself. But I did talk to her today for a little bit. And she says she's she sounded more of her, like herself. And she's just so it's getting out of her system. Good. Yes. So, so uh, we're ending the week on, on a, good, a good note. Exactly. Good. Absolutely. Um, I didn't know if I was going to make it through the week. I was so stressed <laughs> out over it. And but. Yes, we are all good. So, well, let's get on into our Grisha verse stuff because we've got five chapters to cover. And yeah, we, we got that. Yeah, so we're still in part four, the trick to falling. And yeah, so we're starting off with 22. You got that. I do. And this chapter follows Kaz. This chapter is um, pretty heavy. Uh, I don't know what kind of trigger warning to put on this. So I'm just going to say trigger warning, death. Let's just do it that way. I don't really know what to do, but I figured that it's, there is some heavy stuff in here. There's a lot in there. There is. Um, All right. So Kaz and Jordy's money. Actually, do you remember we were on a memory journey with Kaz the last time we followed him? So Kaz and Jordy's money ran out within a week. They tried to ask about the loan papers, and they found out that they were just useless. They were just useless little pieces of paper. They were evicted and sleeping under a bridge, and then the Stodd watch put a stop to that. And they had to literally roam at night to keep from being harassed. They couldn't sleep anywhere. Then the fevers came. Jordy got hit hard. He went down hard. Yeah, it's that plague. The plague going around called the Queen's Lady Plague. After the ship that brought it in. And when I read that part, I totally thought about the times we're in. Yes. Just because it's so, like, kind of the same. I mean. It is. I mean, this is a little. This is fictional. I mean, this, this is This is a more, little harder, I guess. Is, yes. A little more serious. Uh, <laughs> um, there were bodies literally everywhere. Mm-hmm. Kaz started his fever two days after Jordy. And they literally just laid in a pile of broken wooden boxes because they had nothing else to do. They couldn't go to a doctor because they're poor. Yeah. And there was nowhere to go. So they literally just laid around. And they're still in an unknown city. They don't really know it that well. Mm-hmm. So he kind of wakes up a little bit. He's still in this like feverish, like 
fog. Yes. And they get tossed into a sick boat, which is a boat that's running around collecting the dead to burn. Yeah. In his fever state, he just sees bodies everywhere. The description is awful. The quote is legs and arms and stiff bellies, rotting limbs and blue lipped faces covered in firepox sores, end quote. Some of these things I wanted us to see exactly what Kaz was seeing so that we could really, um, I guess, relate to him to know this journey that he's on. He tried to shout that he was alive, but of course he's this little boy that's like sick and weak and nobody heard him. Mm. So he laid there surrounded by bodies next to his brother's dead body, hoping the boat would come back for days days and nights he's just laying there and he's in on all this, this death I- and he's on this island of dead bodies right yes. like i mean he's like stuck uh-huh it's, and he's a little boy yeah can you even imagine no he's <laughs> he starts getting better and he knew he had to leave before they came to get the bodies to burn them so he used his brother as a flotation device yeah. And kicked his way to Ketterdam. That's so... The image of that is just horrific. Well, yeah, because it's someone you love, too. It is. So, like, that's just unimaginable. We're starting to see this whole touch thing. Oh, exactly. Yes. Yep. So I have another quote because, again, I want us to feel what Kaz is feeling. Jordy's body was caught in the current... Bumping against the pylon below, his eyes were still open, and for a moment, Kaz thought his brother was staring back at him. But Jordy didn't speak, he didn't blink, his gaze didn't shift as the tide dragged him free of the pylon and began to carry him out to sea. I should close his eyes, thought Kaz, but he knew if he climbed down the ladder and waded back out to sea, he would never find his way out again. He'd simply let himself drown, and that wasn't possible anymore. He had to live. Someone had to pay. So that image, too, of just leaving your loved one in that state is, we can feel it. We can feel why Kaz is the way that he is. Yeah. And Jordy was his older brother. He was the one that was calling all the shots. Yes. And he was, now Kaz is all alone. It was all he had. Yeah. So we come back to the present. And remember, Kaz had passed out on the wagon. Yep. So he wakes up to Inez's voice, and we know exactly why all these bodies around him caused him to faint. Mm-hmm. The wagon is in the courtyard, and everyone realizes that instead of an old, gray, yucky, sad building, it's actually this beautiful, white, marble awesomeness that's, they said it's so bright that it almost glows blue. Yeah. More than one of them recognize right away that it has to be fabricator craft oh yeah but there's no way a a human person could have like done this they also notice that there are dead fjordans on the spikes kaz recognizes them as rollins's people Uh uh-oh uh-oh and he starts wondering if pekka rollins is there Hmm. and of course he wants to be the one to kill pekka rollins so he like he wants him dead but he wants to be the one to do it yeah The guards are matching the captives to the paperwork description, and there's an issue because the papers say they should have a shoe boy instead of a Suli girl. And luckily, 
No one cares. Right. <laughs> Luckily. It's just like Cass said. They don't care who's going in. They yeah. just care who's going out. The There's an amplifier that's like touching everyone to determine who's Grisha. Nina gets through with no problem because they put paraffin on her arm. Of course, everybody was kind of holding their breath. Or yeah. Oh, no. Uh, then they separated the boys and the girls. The boys see all the weaponry on display, including a new horseless tank. Ooh. It's all the rage. <laughs> it sure is. Behind the new uh, or behind more suspicious fabricator glass. The boys are having to be stripped down. And that means that Kaz is about to lose his gloves, y'all. He's about to have some problems. Yeah. Jesper stares at him and is actually surprised that his hands aren't claws or has <laughs> has a spiny thumb. Uh, the The guards are kind of going through their things and inspecting the naked boys. And one finds little metal lockpicks Kaz had in his teeth. Uh-oh. There oh. goes our plan. Yeah. Yeah. There yeah. it goes. And then he just punches him and <laughs> sends him in the shower. After they're given prison uniforms, they are shoved in a crowded cell, which of course means they're going to be harassed because you right. have to like pick on people to show that you're big and bad. One calls Kaz a cripple. Not cool. And of course, Kaz beats the guy up, dislocates his shoulder. <laughs> and then tells him if he doesn't scream and shuts up, he'll put it back into place. And he does. Matthias is like, dude, was that really necessary? <laughs> Cass says no, but quote, it had been to make sure they were left alone and to do what needed to be done and to remember that he wasn't helpless. End quote. Yeah. So it was twofold. He needed people to leave him alone but he also needed to feel better about passing out earlier. <laughs> Absolutely. That's Kaz for you. That's awesome, though. I'm glad that we get, we're starting to learn more about Kaz. It's just really cool to understand that stuff. Yes. It's terrifying and it's yeah, gross. Yeah. There's just, there's been a lot, like if you go back and read, like there's been a lot of little moments where you can see where he, they talk about him being like, I mean, and his gloves and not wanting to mm -hmm. touch people. And it's just like, you have no clue what that's about all the way through until just now. He doesn't want to be surrounded by people. Touching skin is just yep. horrifying for him. Mm -hmm. Understandably so, too. Absolutely. So that leads us right into chapter 23, where we are talking about Jesper. So Come on, Jesper. Yes. So Jesper anxiously is waiting in the cell with the others for the guards to come and do the head count so they can go ahead and continue with their plans. Jesper notices Kaz is on edge but doesn't exactly know why. Here's a quote. Part of him wanted to ask, but he knew that was the, st that was the stupid part. The hopeful farm boy who picked the worst possible person to care about, who searched for signs and things that he knew deep down meant nothing. When Kaz chose him for a job, when Kaz played along with one of his jokes, he could have kicked himself. He'd finally seen the infamous Kaz Brecker without a stitch of clothing, and he'd been too worried about ending up on a pike to pay proper attention. End quote. What's, in, he, what's he trying to pay close attention to? Interesting. But let's get further in because <laughs> we're getting to something. The guards finally come and ask um, where the piss bucket is um, to empty it. Uh, everyone shrugs and the guards hand them like a bucket of water and leave. 
Jesper then takes a small pill that he had hidden in his ankle. Yes, his ankle. <laughs> yes. Uh, you like heard that right. In his ankle. Dug it out. So he had <laughs> stitching and took the <laughs> stitches out and to get this pill out. We find out also during this that Nina is, I guess, doing this same similar thing. She's got something mm-hmm. hidden in her body wherever she is that she's probably having to. But she rip. probably has an easier time with it. Probably. Yeah. So he tells Wyland to please follow along and stop asking questions <laughs> because at this point we Wyland and Jesper are always together. Yeah. They're always kind of bickering. And here's the quote. Put your shirt over your mouth, he told Wyland. What? Stop being dense. You're cuter when you're smart. Wyland's cheeks went pink. He scowled and pulled his collar up. Jesper reached under the bench where he'd hidden the waste bucket and pulled it out. A storm's coming, Jesper said loudly in Kirch. He saw Matthias and Kaz draw their collars up. He turned his face away, pulled his shirt over his mouth, and dropped the pellet into the bucket. End quote. So, a reaction happens that creates this mist that puts all the people that aren't covering their mouths pretty much unconscious. So, here's another quote, starting off with Wyland. This is Wyland saying, Was that chlorogas? Definitely cuter when you're smart. Yes, the pellet's an enzyme-based casing filled with chlora powder. It's harmless unless it comes into contact with an amount of ammonia, which it just did, end quote. So that kind of explains what just happened. Because mm-hmm, it went to the pee-pee. It did. But what I love is we are finding out about Jesper. Mm-hmm. Jesper, I don't know whether he's bisexual or if he's just gay, whatever, but he obviously has had a thing for Kaz. Yes. And now he's flirting with Wylan. He's flirting. And Wylan is turning pink. Yep. So he's not like, mm, it's so exciting. He's not like gross. No, he's not. He's like, oh my goodness. So anyways, I love that part. I've, I've been waiting to get there. Um, Jesper then grabs hold of the metal bars and we learn that Jesper actually is a Durist. <gasps> I know. No one saw that coming. He is part of the Order of Fabricators. And he creates metal needles out of the bars to replace the lockpicks that got taken from Kaz. And Wyland's like, what? He he asks him why he hides he asks him why that he hides the fact that he's a Grisha. And Jesper says he likes his freedom, and he has other skills that he enjoys doing a lot better. <laughs> so, I mean, he's a Grisha, but he just, he probably loves, he loves his guns. We know that. Yes. And he's better at using them. And we know what everybody thinks about Grisha. Yep. But I like that part in there where he says it brings me more pleasure than profit. And he says lots of <laughs> other skills. Like, yes. wink, wink. Exactly. <laughs> he's got other skills. So... Another thing, he um, he warns Wyland not to tell anyone, especially not Nina, because he does not want to be talked to about joining the Second Mm-mm. Army. He's just, I, it's obvious that, I mean, to Jesper, being a Grisha is just a small part of him. Yeah. He's a Grisha, whatever. He He's happier not having people know. So then Wyland's curious, he's just that curious little kid, asks Kaz, why did he smuggle in these lockpicks in the beginning if... It wasn't even part of the plan. Um, Kaz tells him that it helps make the guards think that they have won because, hey, they found those lockpicks, so now they're not going to be watching him. Yep. They think, so that was the plan. I just love some of these, like, really smart 
tricks that Kaz just has up his sleeve that are just like, that's brilliant. It really is. So Kaz then uses lockpicks and gets them out of the cell. They all have their assignments. Kaz and Wylan go to get Nina and Inej out of their cells while Jesper and Matthias go and get as much rope as possible. They all leave and Matthias and Jesper find some rope and they book it to that incinerator room. Inej and Wylan are there already and there is a problem. So, Uh-oh. yep, we find out that the incinerator actually had been used earlier that afternoon and was still hot when supposedly it was only used in the morning. But obviously, like, I mean, things change. I mean, you can't. So they look and they see that the coals are still burning red. Um, that that's going to create a problem because they're supposed to all climb out of there. And yeah. they're not going to be able to do that with explosives, obviously. <laughs> So that ruins that plan. And then all the walls and everything of it are are, hot. Yeah, everything's going to be hot. No. So, and I hate being hot. Hate it. (laughs) Yes, I know. Hate. (laughs) I hate sweating. I hate that. I go, I work out at a gym and of course, well, I guess I could work out somewhere else. But anyways, I sweat profusely and like I immediately have to take a shower afterwards. It's disgusting. I hate sweat. <laughs> hate it. Um, so anyways, Kaz and Nina are not there yet. They are still searching the top cells um, in case they find Bayer. Bayer. However we say that. Um, they, didn't, they then, they've got Inej's slippers, luckily. So they smuggled those in. Um, they ask Inej, do you think you're still going to be able to climb? And she says yes. So she still is planned to climb that hot incinerator or yeah. So anyways, that's the end of that chapter. So take it away with chapter 24. So we just heard that Nina and Kaz are still out checking for buyer. Yes. Which originally (laughs) Kaz wasn't supposed to be the one to do that. No, he changed it around. He did. He changed it around. He insisted and she's trying to figure out why in the world, like, he insisted on doing that. But we know why. Because he saw those bodies. Yes. Yeah. And he thinks Pekka Rollins is there. Yep. Uh, they're trying to avoid all the guards. Obviously, one prisoner tries to rat them out, and of course, she takes care of that. hmm Seven bells. Top floor. They split up, and Nina finds herself in a different-looking area. The doors are solid steel, instead of having bars on them, and she's hoping that... Boyle Buyer is in one of those cells so she can just quietly kill him. And then she wonders what happens if Kaz finds him and then how does she kill him then? And what happens? And Yeah. Uh, so in the final corridor, everything just starts feeling really weird. Everything is just bright, super white. There's fabricator glass everywhere, which meant that there are some rogue Grisha hiring themselves out to the Fjordans or that they're using slaves. Yeah. She looks into a cell, sees it's completely empty. There's no benches, no basin, no buckets. There's just this drain on the floor, and there's clearly like blood stains all around the drain. Yeah. Scary. Ugh. Yes. She realizes that all the cells are like that in this area. And then she sees a button, and on the button is a Grisha symbol. So then she realizes what this is. Yeah. Quote, the rooms were devoid of metal. There was no plumbing, no pipes to carry water that a tide maker might abuse. 
and Nina suspected that the glass she was peering through was mirrored on the other side so that a heart render in the cell wouldn't be able to locate a target. These were cells designed to hold Grisha, designed to hold her. Scary. Because yeah. now there's like Grisha blood on the floor. And so clearly she just wants to get the heck out of there. Absolutely. So she's her mind is racing and she realizes that she's going to be late. And she gets to the meeting spot and Kaz isn't there. Shoot. She's running a little late. So she's not sure what happened. She's not sure if she missed Kaz and he already went to the incinerator. So she waits as long as she can and then just starts going back to the incinerator she opens a door to a landing, and there are guards chatting. They go for their guns. Nina throws up her hands. One, of course, falls down the stairs. Of course. His gun goes off, which puts everybody on high alert. Yeah. Three floors down later, another guard com- comes out. She kills him, too. She's taken off running, and the elder clock goes off again, but this time, it's an alarm. Ooh. End that, of chapter. Yeah, so that's one of those protocols. Lord. So we're going to go into chapter 25. This is Inej. Um, So we start this off. Inej is starting to climb this incinerator. And she is using Kaz's gloves. Um, She's also climbing with about 70 feet of rope wrapped around her. And And she's so tiny. Well, that's exactly. That's what I was just about to say. When you like read this part, you kind of get like this mental picture of this. Like she's really small. Mm -hmm. I mean, she's. But she's really flexible and able to do all this. But she's got 70 feet of rope, which yeah. has got to be really heavy, too. Yes. I mean, uh, so, and I just can't imagine climbing something that isn't meant to be climbed either. No, because in my head, it's like a chimney. Like, it's just brick. Right. There's not divot. I mean, there might be small little things. In between, but, like, where the mortar is. But that's it. How I could not hold my body up nope. with anything. Like, and being hot and sweaty. Uh, and carrying rope. No, no, no. I would be dead. I would be in the coals already. Yes. I would just jump in the coals if that was like <laughs> just, just give up. Whatever. <laughs> Sorry, peeps. You guys figure this out. I can't do it. Peace out. Yep. Um, so the stone walls obviously are really hot. And um, if she didn't have these gloves on, then she knows her hands would be blistering. She is doused in water. Um, to hopefully help her, but it's really just weighing her down more. So she's soaked. She's got 70 feet of rope wrapped around her, and it's got to be burning up. So this is like my worst nightmare. Um, the The good thing about Inej is she does know her body and trust her body. She, like, I mean, she's just really good at doing what she does. She begins to slip, unfortunately, and kind of like looks down, and she's noticing the burning red hot coals below her to her surprise she um all of a sudden notices that her nice grisha made rubber slippers are beginning to melt so that's just a mental picture of how hot this place is your her shoes are melting it's like hell yes (laughs) and confined yes (laughs) so she catches herself though and begins to climb again she starts to begin to think she is pretty much going to die. So she's going down this rabbit hole and she hears the elder clock and realizes that she should pretty much already be on top of the incinerator and attaching the rope. She then she's just in this rabbit hole of thinking doom kind of. So then she starts to get mad at Kaz for attempting to do this insane heist. And then she gets mad at herself for having feelings towards Kaz. We now go back in time 
with Inej, um, and she is working at the menagerie in this memory. She has tried to one- run away. Run away. <laughs> she has tried to run away, um, but she she had first gotten there, but she only has made it a few blocks before being caught and then beaten by Tanta Haleen. Wonderful boss. Um, Inej is then informed um, one night that Per Haskell has purchased her indenture. And Tanta Helene says that Haskell wants Inej for his own. So making it seem like, I don't know, pretty much. Concubine. Yeah. (laughs) She's not going to have a good life because, but he's older and. Yeah. But so then Kaz comes and he's kind of like the delivery man, supposedly is what it seems like. He's coming to pick up Inej. And this is going to be our scene and our only scene for the evening. Yes. Kaz is going to be playing Terry. And I will be playing Inej. I love it when Kaz plays me. I know, right? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Kaz is playing Terry. I wrote that down wrong. Well, hey, maybe one day. So, huh. yeah. So, we're going to start off our scene. So, curtain up. Slowly, Kaz crossed the room and shut the door. Inej tensed for whatever was to come next, fingers twisting in her silks. Perhaskel runs the dregs, Kaz said. You've heard of us? They're your gang? Yes, and Haskell is my boss. Yours too, if you'd like. She summoned her courage and said, And if I don't like? I withdraw the offer and go back home looking like a fool. You stay here with that monster, Helene. Inej's hands flew to her mouth. She listens, Inej whispered, terrified. Let her listen. The barrel has all kinds of monsters in it, and some of them are very beautiful indeed. I pay Helene for information. In fact, I pay her too much for information. But I know exactly what she is. I asked for Haskell to pay off your indenture. Do you know why? You like Suli girls? I don't know enough Suli girls to say. He moved to the desk and picked up the document, tucking it in his coat. The other night... When you spoke to me... I meant no offense. I... You wanted to offer me information. Perhaps in return for help? A letter to your parents? Some extra pay? Inej cringed. That was exactly what she'd wanted. She'd overheard gossip about a silk trade and had thought to make some kind of exchange. It was foolish, brash. Is Inej Gaffa your real name? A strange sound escaped Inej's throat, part sob, part laugh, a weak, embarrassing sound, but it had been months since she'd heard her own name, her family name. Yes, she managed. Is that what you prefer to be called? Of course, she said, then added, Is Kaz Brecker your real name? Real enough. Last night when you approached me, I didn't know you were anywhere near me until you spoke. Inej frowned. She'd wanted to be silent, so she had been. What did that matter? Bells on your ankles, Kaz said, gesturing to her costume. But I didn't hear you. Purple silks and spots painted on your shoulders, but I didn't see you. And I see everything. She shrugged, and he cocked his head to one side. Were you trained as a dancer? An acrobat, she paused. My family, we're we're all acrobats. High wire? And swings, juggling, tumbling... Did you work with a net? Only when I was very little. Good. There aren't any nets in Ketterdam. Have you ever been in a fight? She shook her head. Killed someone? Her eyes widened. No? Ever think about it? She paused and then crossed her arms. 
every night. That's a start. I don't want to kill people, not really. That's a solid policy until people want to kill you. And in our line of work, that happens a lot. Our line of work? I want you to join the dregs. Doing what? Gathering information. I need a spider to climb the walls of Ketterdam's houses and businesses to listen at windows and in the eaves. I need someone who can be invisible, who can become a ghost. Do you think you could do that? I'm already a ghost, she thought. I died in the hold of a slaver ship. I think so. This city is full of rich men and women. You're going to learn their habits, their comings and goings, the dirty things they do at night, the crimes they try to cover by day, their shoe sizes, their safe combinations, the toy they loved best as a child, and I'm going to use that information to take away their money. What happens when you take their money and you become a rich man? Kaz's mouth had quirked slightly at that. Then you can steal my secrets too. This is why you bought me? The humor vanished from his face. Perhaskell didn't buy you. He paid off your indenture. That means you owe him money. A lot of it. But it's a real contract. Here, he said, removing Helene's document from his coat. I want you to see something. I don't read Kirch. It doesn't matter. See these numbers? This is the price Helene claims you borrowed from her for transport from Ravka. This is the money you've earned in her employ. And this is what you still owe her. But... But that's not possible. It's more now than when I got here. That's right. She charged you for room, board, grooming. She bought me, Inej said, her anger rising despite herself. I couldn't even read what I was signing. Slavery is illegal in Kirch. Indentures are not. I know this contract is a sham, and any thinking judge would too. Unfortunately, Helene has many thinking judges in her pocket. Per Haskell is offering you a loan. No more, no less. Your contract will be in Rofkin. You'll pay interest, but it won't break you. And as long as you pay him a certain percentage each month, you'll be free to come and go as you please. Inej shook her head. None of this seemed possible. Inej, let me be very clear to you. If you skip out on your contract, Haskell will send people after you. People who make Tanta Helene look like a doting grandmother. And I won't stop him. I'm putting my neck on the line for this little arrangement. It's not a position I enjoy. If this is true, Inej said slowly, then I'm free to say no? Of course, but you're obviously dangerous, he said. I'd prefer you never become dangerous to me. Dangerous. She wanted to clutch the word to her. She was fairly sure this boy was demented or just hopelessly deluded, but she liked that word, and unless she was mistaken, he was offering to let her walk out of this house tonight. This isn't... It isn't a trick, is it? Her voice was smaller than she wanted it to be. The shadow of something dark moved across Kaz's face. If it were a trick, I'd promise you safety. I'd offer you happiness. I don't know if that exists in the barrel, but you'll find none of it with me. For some reason, those words had comforted her. Better terrible truth than kind lies. All right, she said. How do we begin? Let's start by getting out of here and finding you some proper clothes. Oh, and Inej, he said as he led her out of the salon, don't ever sneak up on me again. End scene. Nice. Yeah. I think we did good, girl. We're getting so good. We can do it. (laughs) We should do our own audiobook version. Yeah, we should. Seriously. Would you guys buy that? I mean, if we did scenes. And now since we're doing video, maybe I'll start bringing some wigs for my character. (laughs) 
my gosh, we totally hey, should. Yeah, I we mean, totally it's should. now visual. I mean, I can bring props. Mm-hmm. We, I can get a little stage out, you know, or I could do puppets. <gasps> <gasps> puppets. Don't tempt me. I know. Everybody loves puppets. <laughs> okay, so anyways, we're going to go back into our chapter. Um, so this next part, I've got a quote. I think it's beautiful. The truth was she'd t- tried to sneak up on Kaz plenty of times since then. She'd never managed it. It was as if only Kaz had seen her. He'd understood how to keep seeing her. She trusted Kaz Brecker that night. She'd become the dangerous girl he'd sensed lurking inside her. But she'd made the mistake of continuing to trust him, of believing in the legend he'd built around himself. That myth had brought her here to this sweltering darkness, balanced between life and death like the last leaf clinging to an autumn branch. In the end, Kaz Brecker was just a boy, and she'd let him lead her to this fate, end quote. So I just think that's written beautifully just because it also tells us what's going on. We are back in the incinerator with Inej, and Inej is having some issues. It's hard to breathe. She's sweating everywhere. The sweat is burning her eyes. And Inej starts to kind of give up. Um, And here's this next quote. Let go, Inej, her father had taught her to climb and trust the rope, the swing, and finally to trust in her own skill, to believe that if she leapt, she would reach the other side. Would he be waiting for her there? She thought of her knives, hidden away aboard the Feraline. Maybe they could go to some other girl who dreamed of being dangerous. She whispered their names. Peter, Maria, Anastasia, Vladimir, Lizabetta, Sancta Alina, martyred before she could turn 18. Let go, Inej. Should she jump now or simply wait for her body to give out? End quote. Alina. Alina. Yep. And then Inej starts to feel something. It's rain. Rain is hitting her face. Hallelujah. 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 So she relishes in the beauty of this moment because I would, um, but I wouldn't be climbing. I wouldn't be that You don't far. like to be wet either. Good point. <laughs> but I'd pretend it was just like a shower. <laughs> and I like showers. Um, ooh. But realizes she needs to hurry before the rain becomes an enemy. So it's nice it's raining, but let's let's get out of here before it all of a sudden it makes it really slippery to mm-hmm. climb. So she's got a little bit of time. And I'm going to end off this chapter with the ending quote. But even as she gave thanks, she knew that the rain was not enough. She wanted a storm, thunder, wind, a deluge. She wanted it to crash through Ketterdam's pleasure houses, lifting roofs and tearing doors off their hinges. She wanted it to raise the seas, take hold of every slaving ship, shatter their masts, and smash their hulls against unforgiving shores. I want to call that storm, she thought, and four million Krug might be enough to do it, enough for her own ship, something small and fierce and laden with firepower, something like her. She would hunt the slavers and their buyers. They would learn to fear her, and they would know her by her name. The heart is an arrow. It demands aim to land true. She clung to the wall, but it was purpose she grasped at long last, and that carried her upward. She was not a lynx or a spider or even the wraith. She was Inej Gaffa, and her future was waiting above. End quote and scene. Bam! Work! <laughs> Go on, Inej Gaffa! Uh huh. <laughs> she just claimed it. I really feel like she just did her like 
I don't know. Like, she had her moment. She did, and she seized it. And like, she, I'm so happy for this journey for her. I know. Mic drop into the coals. <laughs> <laughs> burning hot. It's burning. It sure is. The roof is on fire. No, the no. coals are on fire. Yeah. The roof is raining. Okay. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> so let's go on into All right. All right. Caffeine is kicking in. Uh. All right. <laughs> Chapter 26, our final chapter, we are back with Kaz. Remember, he's out. He split up from Nina. So mm. he's roaming around. He's saying the safe word, Seshuya. Seshway. 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 Yeah. Okay. We, we, we did this a long time ago, and I remember. We did. Seshway. We did do that a long time ago. It's okay. Yeah. See, I would not know the safe word. <laughs> I just remember it because we like both didn't Sesh know what it was, way. and then we and then yes. we looked it okay, up. Gotcha. Yep. Yeah. Seshway so, that walk. <laughs> so he's seshwaying the walk, and he's not hearing anything <laughs> in return. <laughs> Honestly, though, at this point, he's strictly looking for Pekka. Yeah, forget the plan. <laughs> <laughs> and we go back to the memory land of Kaz after Jordy's death. Quote, the child he'd been had died of firepox. The fever had burned away every dental thing inside him, end quote. So he becomes this thing, this monster he keeps saying. Yeah. He learns to beat up kids that are smaller than him and take what they have to survive. He started working at a gambling den by beating up this kid and cutting his feet with glass. Yeah, he's become rough. <laughs> We we did a full change here. Yeah. And he went back and he's like, hey, give me that job. <laughs> um, Yeah. You owe me. <laughs> Not. He learns a lot there um, by watching all these horrible people, mostly pickpocketing. He went to jail twice during his days there and he got the name Dirty Hands mm. by being willing to take any job a man needed to be done. I will say I kind of wish Dirty Hands was for another reason, because yeah. I'm that kind of girl. You are. Uh, yeah, my mind is dirty. He changed his last name from <laughs> Reitveld to Brecker, which was something he saw on a machine on the docks. He just kind of looked around, you know, hey, that, that sounds works. cool. He's sad, actually, that he learns that he's good at cards. Because he could have used that sleight of hand talent to make money for he and Jordy. So oh. it's kind of a sad realization. Yeah. He had heard during all this time that Hertzoon had scammed many people. And Philip, the boy who had talked Jordy into going to find a job with him, had been a roper. So everyone was yeah. in on this. And it had to have been more than just Jordy because Jordy's little amount of money wouldn't have been enough to make oh, that grand yeah. scheme. So we know that Hertzoon had had scammed a lot of many, people. many yeah. people. So one day, randomly, he spots a guy who's looking familiar crossing over the East Stave Bridge. He follows him to a shop and was just like stopped by some guy who says, eh, shop's closed. And he says, I'm here to see Jacob Hertzoon. This is actually like the first big curse word in the book, too, and I'm not saying that. No. Um, but the guy the guy isn't f uh, familiar. Um, so he points 
the he points at the guy literally he saw on the bridge and and he's like and the guy that said it was closed had said nope that ain't no hurt soon that's pekka rollins boom bomb 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 huge we knew that pekka rollins had done something terrible mm-hmm. and was responsible for jordy's death so knowing that all the way through and then hearing this hurt soon story i was like but wait a minute pekka was responsible for the death so how does this all play out did hurt soon work for pekka whatever else but now there it is there's the bomb he just changed his name yep pekka turns towards kaz and kaz is kind of like remember me just recognize me and of course he doesn't right so i had this little quote because he explains it much better than i could (laughs) pekka rollins had taken everything from kaz if Kaz intended to do the same to Rollins, he would need to become his equal and then his better, and he couldn't do it alone. He needed a gang, and not just any gang, but one that needed him. The next day, he'd walked into the slat and asked Per Haskell if he could use another soldier. He'd known even then he'd start as a grunt, but the dregs would become his army. End quote. Nice. So he's got a plan. And then we go back to present time. He thinks he's not going to find Pekka Rollins in time. Maybe Pekka Rollins isn't there because he's he needs to get back to meet up with Nina. His and, plan. <laughs> yes, the original plan. And then suddenly there he was in a cell all beaten up. Aww. Kaz not. knows that he wants to be the one to kill him. But he also is thinking that he wants Pekka to know who he is and was. That's important. He I wants would. to look at Pekka and be like, do you remember me? Let me tell you. Better. So he opens the cell door with his little pickpocket skills. Rollins is awake and says, have you come to gloat? Because he knows him just as Kaz Brecker. He doesn't, yeah. Kaz is like, mm, not really. And slams the door. End. Of our reading. That concludes our final chapter, boys and girls. The end of that part two. I mean, it's so, yeah, that's awesome. Good ending. It is. So that is, it is that time, kids. So. Grisha Cast News. We're going to do that every single time. Even if we don't have news, by the way. Because... We have to. Because what we got, you got something, right? I do. Um, This is actually from May the 5th. And I had seen this interview at this point back on the 5th. And something didn't register with me. Mm. Don't know why. But I read it again. And something caught me. This is from Ben Barnes, who is playing the Darkling. Yes. Uh, This is an article for... Collider. I don't know, but hey, works. It might be a fun article for y'all to look up. And they asked him, like, with the feel of the show, the Shadow and Bone show that's coming out. And um, earlier on in the quote, he had talked about how the books were kind of mixed together. So I have this quote The reason that the books are mixed together is because Shadow and Bone is a little bit more YA feeling skews a little bit younger and is more straight up fantasy 
It feels a bit like Harry Potter and Anna Karenina mixed together. But then, Six of Crows is more of a heist thing that's more of a Peaky Blinders and Ocean's Eleven world. So the tone sits somewhere in the middle, and I think that's potentially quite exciting. It's definitely something I would watch, so I'm excited by that. That's so awesome because... That is a really cool show. It's not something that's been done before. Right. And we have, like I was telling you earlier, we've been kind of wondering because we knew that they said the famous line, "Yes, no mourners, no funerals. We knew that that had been said because Lee was on set and said that she heard them say that. Right. So we were wondering why there's crows in the Shadow and Bone show. And so now that we know it's kind of this mix, it kind of makes sense. Yeah. And it kind of gives us an idea of what to expect. Yeah, we're definitely getting book one of Shadow and Bone, and then we're getting a prequel to Six of Crows, which is really cool because we haven't read any of that. Yes. That's We've never read any like anything about the beginning of Six of Crows. I think there'll probably be some things that are kind of neat, like... Because, I mean, we got to remember, like, I mean, Matthias and Nina meeting, like, yep. maybe that could be a part of it in a way because that's before. So maybe we'll see that play out. I don't know. It'll be, it's going to be really cool. I'm uh, excited because he's right. Shadow and Bone is very YA. It's very absolutely. fantasy. Um, so I was expecting it to be that kind of feel. But now that I know it's not going to be yeah. all that and there is going to be that kind of darkness inner twined in there i'm excited oh yeah it's going to be really cool it's going to be really neat to see it done and there's just going to be so much stuff that we've never seen before and uh so well that's it for grisha cast news um yeah so i did think of a feared and mary kill for you by the way oh wow i was unawares i know caught unawares caught ya well we're almost done anyway so i figured why not just throw it in there let's do it Okay, so I've actually got two. Um, first one is Kaz, Nina, and Nikolai. Fjordan, oh, Mary, Oh, God, Kill. that's so hard. I know, right? That is Why hard. Why did you do that to me? Because I wanted to make you sweat. Oh, my goodness. That kind of does make me sweat. Well, and we've got to start thinking of something to give to um, Lee. No, so. That's really hard. <gasps> oh, my gosh. Okay. I'm going to... Oh. I'm going to marry Ooh. Nikolai. Okay. Because Uh-oh. of his, he's royal and I would be royal. Gotcha. That makes sense. I'm going to Bearden Nina because she's hot. I get it. And I'm going to not try to get very like askew from YA, but a heart render. Yeah. Just use your imagination. I think that'd be yeah. interesting and fun. And then I'm going to kill Kaz. I know. I know. Like, that I was a really hard one. So that sorry. is really hard. I know. Okay. So let's try my next one. <gasps> I know. Inej, Nina, and the Darkling. Inej, Nina, and the Darkling. <sighs> I just keep throwing Nina in there for you. Because <laughs> you know I like her. I do. That's it's weird because we're so much alike. And I, that would be kind of weird, but all right. I'm going to. God, this is hard. I'm making her sweat, guys. <laughs> Literally. Because I was going to say I want to marry the Darkling, 
but he does all these terrible things. And then I would be like privy to all those terrible things all the time. Okay. I'm going to marry Nina this time. Okay. Because she'd still be around and we could still. Yeah. And I'm going to feared in the darkling. Okay. Because wouldn't have to be responsible for all those. things. Good point. And I'm going to kill the Nash. Hey, it's, it's hard. Fear to Mary Kill is not a fun. It's not easy. It's hard because especially if you put people that you love. Yes. You've got to like. If you don't put the obvious kill. <laughs> yep. That's why it's such a great Those game. Those are good ones. Good job. I know. We're going to have to remember that. We're going to have to think of really good ones for Lee. Yes. So for all of you all out there listening, we're getting very close sometime. We're in contact with um, Lee's people and it's just going to be coming up sometime soon. Yeah. We don't know yet, but we're really excited about it. Don't forget, if you have questions, please email them to us. If you have any Feared and Mary kills, please send them to us. And I think what would be really cool is if you came up with, like, just from any of her books. So for those big Grishaverse crazy fans that have even read, like, we could even throw a Ninth House character in there for, for Lee. Um, that would be really cool. Um, so I'm going to start thinking as well. But um, anyways, so next week... We are going to we're going to cover five chapters, so we're going to do twenty seven through thirty one. Yeah, we're getting to we're finishing up this book, peeps, and it's just getting so good. Yeah, it is. It really <laughs> we're is. Like in the thick of it. I know. So well, it has been a wonderful episode. Thank you all so much for tuning in, and um, so we'll, we'll see you all next week. No mourners. No funerals. This has been GrishaCast. Connect with us on the web at GrishaCast.com. Send an email to info at GrishaCast.com. Follow us on Instagram at GrishaCast, Twitter at GrishaPodcast, and Facebook at GrishaCast. <laughs>